So once again, I'd like to welcome you to the City Builders online service. Uh, to those that have been visiting us online over the last few weeks, you're most welcome back. And to those who are members of our church, a big welcome this morning. And particularly a welcome to all those who are joining us for the very first time this morning. Uh, we're very thankful that you're able to join with us. And this morning I am talking about the Ministry of Reconciliation which very much flows out of last week's message, which was titled, The Revolution Has Begun. If you look around now, the nations are being shaken in a way that they haven't been before, certainly in my lifetime. The year 2020 has been so different to every other year up until now. Every week, something extraordinary seems to be happening either locally, nationally or globally and we're not even halfway through the year yet. In Australia, we've had fires and we've had floods. And globally, we've had a pandemic and a global economic shutdown. Just this week, a high-level cyber attack on the, on the Australian government has occurred. This is big news. But I want to turn my attention this morning to the racial riots that are in the news globally and the fallout is even being felt here in Gippsland. I wanted to say this, we must not be dismissive of the feelings of our indigenous brothers and sisters. This I know that the issue is not as cut and dried as many may think. At the same time, the revolution and the reconciliation that is needed in society will not and cannot come through any political movement. Be dismissive of the feelings of our Indigenous brothers and sisters. I know uh, and am, am well related to the Indigenous community and I know that uh, what many of them feel is very deep on the inside of them. This I know is that this issue is not as cut and dried as many may think. At the same time, the revolution and the reconciliation that is needed in society will not and cannot come through any political movement. If ever the church in the nations needs to have a heart of love, it is now. If ever we need discernment, which largely is in short supply among many Christians, it is now. Because spiritual forces can drive crowds. And much of what is happening around the globe now is spirit-driven. Last week we spoke about the clashing of crowds in the city of Nain from Luke chapter 7 verse 11 to 15. And it was where the crowd that was following Jesus, which represents life and hope, clashed with a crowd that was following a widow who was grieving her son. So discernment is critical. Uh, because spirit forces drive the crowd and because there will be many true and false moves. And what I mean by that is that some moves are going to take us to where we need to go, like the one that was following Jesus. But some are going to take us nowhere, like the one, the grieving crowd. If ever we need the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, it is now. And if ever we need our understanding enlightened, as it says in Ephesians chapter 1, it is now. 
At the opening of this incredible building on uh, August the 11th last year, 10 months back, Dr. Jonathan David brought a prophetic word about reconciliation within the community. He said this is going to be a very powerful feature of, of what this church would be doing in the future. He spoke about how the church has withdrawn from the world. But in the future, the church needed to be involved in the world because it is God's world. And this I absolutely believe. I wanted to say this morning that the current crisis in the nations and even the discussions that is happening in our own community and our own region present to us an excellent opportunity for the church to see this reconciliation begin. Firstly, let's have a look at what the scriptures say in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and that committed and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, it's funny because when uh, I look around at a lot of young Christians or people who are growing in Christ, they're often looking for their ministry. And I, and I think that's an okay idea, but I want to encourage you this morning and let you know that you already have a ministry. From the day that you are born again, the day that you receive uh, you know, Christ into your life, God has given you a ministry. Firstly, we've already been reconciled to Christ through his incredible mercy that is working towards us. And as we grow in Christ as an individual... And certainly as we grow as a church, our ministry and our uniqueness will become more obvious. But whatever it is that God calls us to do, either individually or corporately, I want you to know this, that God has given each one of us, he's given you, and he's given our church the ministry of reconciliation. This is the primary thing that we are meant to get involved in. So I'm very thankful for the prophetic word that is over our church, that this would be something that really leads our church forward. I want to give you a dictionary definition of the word reconciliation. Firstly, it's talking about the restoration of friendly relations. Number two, it's talking about making one view compatible with another. And I want to add that sometimes... Ideas are incompatible. Sometimes ideas can uh, promote destruction and they can uh, promote uh, life. And for that reason, sometimes it is impossible 
for two different ideas to become compatible. But thirdly, I want to talk about the truest example is what can happen when we are in Christ. Because it says, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. All things have passed away and now the new has come. And now God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And we're ambassadors for Christ. And our message to the community is to be reconciled to God, to come back to God, to connect to God, and to come to the only one who can give us hope in the future. And this is our ministry. So Jesus came to reconcile a lost humanity to God. But now we have the same ministry. So as we are going into the community, in all our endeavouring, we must be the agents of reconciliation, for we are ambassadors of Christ. And this morning I wanted to talk about five important elements that are absolutely critical and necessary for true reconciliation. And the first one is this, there must be a love that compels us. So if we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus, that if Jesus died for us or died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So I think this is very important because our job cannot be separated from the assignment that our Heavenly Father gave Jesus, who came into the earth to reconcile man to the Father. And now he has ascended to the, you know, uh, following his, his uh, death on the cross and his resurrection, he has ascended to the heaven. And, he, and he's prayed to the Father, and the Father has poured out the Holy Spirit on the church. And now the church has the very same assignment that Jesus had, and that is to be involved in the reconciliation of man to God. This is the heart of God. I think it's very important that the love of God compels us. And the scripture says that the love of God has been shed abroad in the hearts of man by the Holy Spirit. So the proof that we have really been baptized with the Holy Spirit and touched by God and transformed by him is that we begin to have a love that compels us to act when we see people that are hurting or damaged or who are not reconciled to God. The love of God must compel us to respond to the need of others. Need is an interesting thing because you cannot and should not always give people what they want, but what they need. And a great example of this is in Exodus chapter 3 verse 9, where it talks about how God heard the cry of the people of Israel as they'd been under the oppression of the nation of Egypt, that they began to cry out of their oppression to God for God to do something. And of course, God raised up a leader that was able to deliver them into the fullness of the plans and purposes of God. You know, 
one of the ways that God touched Moses is that he put a compassion in his heart for the people of God. So the first thing that we must have, there must be a love that compels us. This is not a soulish, surface love, but this is the love of God in our heart. That when we see something broken, when we see people damaged, when we see people who have gone astray, there's something in us that wants to reach out to them and reconnect them and begin to restore their connection with God. So the first thing is there must be a love that compels us. I think this is so important in this discussion that is going on around the globe about racism because uh, love has got to become the overruling factor and, and, uh, and it's the love of Christ. Number two, there must be a humility. I don't want to be negative this morning, but this is what the scripture says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16. It says this, that we need to work circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want you to know today that the days are evil. And this is what the scripture says. This is a reality. And racism is an issue. And forever will rear its head until Jesus returns. But we can overcome it. I want to talk about it because its roots are in pride. The the roots of racism are in pride. What sort of pride? Well, firstly, white pride, black pride, religious pride, gay pride, cultural pride, Scottish pride, Aussie pride, wherever you find pride, it's the exaltation of self that begins to exalt itself over and above the plans and purposes of God. This is the origin and the source of demonic power. And this is why we must have discernment in this day because there is demonic power that is driving these riots. The beginning of cultural and national healing happens when we turn our hearts back to God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the scripture gives a... uh, It gives a an antidote, and it gives a formula for the healings of nations. And this is what it says. It's in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And it says, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This morning, I really believe that as we look around the nations, the nations are in need of healing. The nation of America, it seems, is burning at the moment. I know that most of Europe is in, uh, in pain and stress, and even in our own country, our nation needs healing. And, and It needs healing because we've turned away from God and we've begun to drift our own way. And our own ideas and our own philosophies have been exalted above God. For instance, we have humanism. We have communism. 
we have socialism and we have all these ideas and every other ism, even capitalism. But these are philosophies, once again, that are, that are born out of human pride and exalt themselves above Christ. And these philosophies have even entered into the church. And I've been saying during this time of Pentecost that God wants his church back. He started the church the way that he wanted it. Now he wants it back the way he started it. So the scripture gives us a formula into Chronicles 7.14. If my people, this morning I want you to know that we are God's people and that we are called by his name and we need to humble ourselves. I really believe that we begin to humble ourselves. The minute we begin to humble ourselves, the first sign is that we begin to turn our hearts back to God. We need to pray and seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. The scripture says, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and will heal their land. You know, when it comes uh, down to racism, there have been, uh, there's been bloodshed and there's been pain. And this is something that different people feel so deeply on the inside of them. Just in the last couple of days, I've been speaking to a very good friend of mine who is a black pastor uh, from America. And, and just talking to him about the pain that he feels when he sees his people hurt the way that, that they are. And we cannot deny this is happening. This is a reality. But the problem is where the nations are at. The problem is, is that we have turned away from God and that we need to come back from him. And the first thing is we must have humility. You know, sometimes pride is so uh, reinforced by a self-righteous attitude that we are right and we have the answer. But humility is coming to the place where we humble ourselves before God and man and we put ourselves in a position where reconciliation can begin to take place. This is very important. Number three, there must be a willingness to forgive. In Matthew chapter 18, verse uh, 21, uh, Peter asked Jesus, he said to him, how many times should we forgive? Seven times? And Jesus responded to him and said, 77 times. This shows the importance of the ability to forgive in the equation of God. Our ability to forgive must become great. If we're going to walk in the wholeness of uh, you know, relationship with our husbands, our wives, our children, with our uh, you know, Christian brothers and sisters, and with our community, and with those who hold different views to us, we've got to learn to, be, to forgive quickly. I really believe that our society has regressed in this generation and uh, is manifesting an immaturity because people are outraged and become offended so easy. If I could be honest, this is a sign of childishness. As we grow up, as a church, as we grow up as Christians, we need to become just about unoffendable. But see, now in this generation, it's difficult because we have a 
generation that is almost, you could describe them as being perpetually offended. But God wants us to mature. He wants us to be forgiving. He wants us to constantly demonstrate in our life a willingness to forgive. Jesus' ability on the cross, his ability and his capacity to forgive is mind-blowing. While he is being crucified, while he is taking our place, going to the cross, his words are incredible. He says, Father, forgive them. I don't know what they are, they don't know what they are doing. I want to pray this over us this morning. Holy Spirit, make our ability to forgive great. If you have the ability to forgive, your relationships will be great. See, when we don't forgive, it's amazing, even in a good relationship and even in good marriages, how we can be going along and we can be harmonious and then all of a sudden something happens and there is an exchange of words and two people that love one another can very quickly polarise. And, you know, one is spending... Uh, the next couple of nights in the lounge room and the other one in the, in the uh, shed. And, you know, this is what happens. But we need to be able to learn to forgive quickly, just like Jesus did. Father, forgive them for they don't know what we're doing. Number four this morning, we need to move forward together. The scripture says in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, it says, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is a vital key. See, when we forgive... It is almost like we are able to forget the offence and we begin to point our hearts and our lives forward and we move forward together. One of the greatest ways to see relationships healed, to see people come back together again, is to see them begin to move forward together. You know, to gather around the same purpose, to begin to walk together. I honestly believe this, that God can heal any relationship if two people will come together before God and let him be God. I've seen literally in this church marriages put back together again which had been totally destroyed. I've seen miracles of relational reconciliation which has begun a process towards total restoration. And this is the heart of God. And this is how we should live our lives. This is the type of work that we all should be involved in, is in the ministry of reconciliation. It's a great assignment. But here Paul says, forgetting those things that are behind, we press towards the goal. We begin to move forward to a better future. Now, listen to this. You cannot ignore the past particularly where there has been abuse or atrocities that have, been, have happened. You cannot, you know, if someone is living in an abusive relationship, that abuse must stop. It must be acknowledged. It must be confessed as sin. And it must be changed for us to be able to walk forward. 
So whether there is continual abuse, you can't just deny that. So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about forgetting those things. You know, in, in, uh, in the realm of relationship, forgetting those things that are behind, I move forward to the things that are ahead, reaching out to the things that are ahead. Because I really believe this, that the devil always wants us to be looking back so that those dreadful things that have happened in the past can control our future and rob us of hope and rob us of our future. But God's given us a future. And you know, as we come into the kingdom, we might be quite damaged from past abuse or even horrendous things that have happened in our life. But I've seen many, many people, I've seen God heal them on the inside. And, and I've seen them, you know, reconciled to God and connected to God and move on and have absolutely fabulous relationships and a fabulous future. Fabulous marriages, because this is what God wants. In some cases, some relationships cannot and perhaps even should not be restored. But you can forgive and walk in absolute freedom. Number five this morning, we must choose to build a better future. Don't spend your time on navel-gazing. You know, navel-gazing is like being consumed and over-contemplative with what has happened in the past. And this can be a trap. Listen, you have been reconciled to God. I have been reconciled to God. And now we must discover our assignment in God. And we are called to reach out. You know, we as a church have a a mandate to reach out to our community and to, to reconnect our community with God. This is the ministry of reconciliation. And then to bring the community on a pathway of restoration and to begin to rebuild. There's a great verse that is really very much dear to us and it is in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 12. And it says, those from among you shall build up the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. You know, we are on a journey. God has brought us here and he's gathered us together as a community of faith. And now we have a job to do. And it is to build up the old waste places. It's to raise up the foundations for many generations. And it's to be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. This is the ministry of reconciliation, the great ministry that God has given us. At this point in my message, I would like to give a disclaimer. We are in the world. And we're not of the world, the scripture says. But until Jesus returns, and prior to Revelation 11:15, which is where the seventh angel declared that the kingdoms of our God have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ. 
we will have issues like racism on this planet. Let me tell you, the problem is not always people. Sometimes it is the political energies that are driving them. It is, quite frankly, the politicians that are stirring things up to gain control. And I want you to know that with the movement that is happening in America right now, the Black Lives Movement, there is a political energy in this. And I wanted to say this this morning quite categorically. Black Lives Matter. It really does. And I am, will never diminish the pain that uh, Indigenous people in our nation are experiencing or uh, the African-American people are feeling. This cannot be diminished. And as I said before, it is not that cut and dried. But these problems will never, ever be solved by any political movement. And this is why the church must begin to rise into a new place of stature and function in the nations. Because the only place that you will find true reconciliation and the strategies that lead to complete restoration is in the house of God. True reconciliation can only happen in Christ Jesus. This is very interesting. Amongst my very closest friends and ministry partners throughout Australia and the nations, I have many indigenous Australians who are closer than brothers. A, a very, very close Nigerian brother, a Papua New Guinean brother, a very close Indian partner in ministry. These are not my culture, but I tell you what, there is no racism, not even the slightest part. The only place that you will find true oneness amongst the races is in the kingdom of God. This is how it is. The throne of God is in the heaven. And you know, as we gather as nations around his throne and we look to God, and the higher that we go on the mountain of God, reaching out to our heavenly Father, we will begin to realize that the color of our skin is completely immaterial because we are one in Christ. In fact, um, the Spirit of the Lord dealt with Peter over his issue of racism because he believed that the gospel was for the Jewish people. But it's not. It is for the Jews, the Gentiles. The promise of the Holy Spirit is to you, to uh, your, your offspring, to all generations, to a many who are far off, to all the Lord our God shall call. The gospel is inclusive. So I've got indigenous Australians, a Nigerian, a Papua New Guinean, and Indian partners in ministry, and I've got to mention my Kiwi friend. I can have a little bit of trouble with him. Sorry, Pastor Ross Smith, we're one in Christ. There is no racism if you are truly in Christ. And a sign that he is truly in you is that we have such a love for those that are different to us. This is the heart of God. This morning I want to come back to this verse. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, 17 to 21. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
All things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As we finish this morning, I just want to highlight a couple of things there. Firstly, it says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and now he has become a new man, a new woman, a new person in Christ. The minute you receive Christ into your life, you are a new creation. You know, this is the heart that we need because while I was a sinner, the scripture said, God sent forth his son who gave his life to me and reconciled me to himself. It's like he reached out to me beyond my um, offense, beyond my sin, and he drew me to himself. And Jesus shed his blood on the cross that God and myself could become one. It's like, you know, once he was far off, but now God has brought me near. And this has happened to every genuine believer and follower of Christ. But he's brought us closer than that. He has made us one. This is the heart of reconciliation. The old things have passed away. The new has come and now we are one with God. Next thing he said, but I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. And I believe this morning that God is charging us with this responsibility that one of the highest assignments that we have as a church is to reconcile people to God, to connect people to God. And that's what God wants to do with you this morning. See, maybe you have never come to that place where you have really been reconciled to God. Maybe you just believe he's out there. Maybe you're wondering this morning. Maybe you've seen what is happening around the world and you've thought, God, there must be an answer. Well, this morning I believe that I have introduced you to the answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he is calling out to you and he's saying, will you come and be reconciled to me? And, and I want to say this morning, because this verse also says that we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us. He's pleading through us. And we're imploring you on Christ's behalf that you would be reconciled to God. For he made, he, he made him, in other words, God in heaven, made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us. And he went to the cross that he might become, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is the heart of reconciliation.
God has reconciled us to himself. He is offering to you reconciliation this morning. And us as a church, he is saying, reconcile the community to God. This is our assignment. I just wanted to pray this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this wonderful call that you have given your people. I thank you that you have reconciled us to yourself and that you have made us new creations in Christ, which literally means to be sons and daughters of God. And Father, I thank you this morning that you have given us a work to do, the work of reconciliation. Father, you have given us your Holy Spirit and we feel him right here, right now. Father, we just thank you for everything that you've done. And Lord God, I just pray right now, even as I share this word across the video, Lord God, that there would be miracles of restoration and reconciliation begin to take place. So many broken lives in our community. So many marriages in our nation that have fallen apart. So much domestic violence. So many broken young people that have lost their way. But Lord, your heart is saying, through your church this morning, and through myself, be reconciled to God, because God wants to heal you. Father, we just speak right into this situation of uh, uh, political differences and racial divides. Father, we pray for supernatural healing. We pray for the spirit of reconciliation to be released. Father, I thank you that you are going to do in our community miracles of restoration and reconciliation. You're going to put lives back together again. You're going to put marriages back together again. Father, this morning, I pray for this nation. Lord God, as we humble ourselves and pray, and turn our hearts to you in every ways, turning away from what is uh, not right, what is sin. Lord God, your word says that you would hear from heaven and that you would heal our land. Father, I pray that you would put an end to division and strife in our nation. I pray, Father, that you would begin to turn things around in the political domain. Father, I pray that you would turn things around wherever people are experiencing darkness or hopelessness. I pray, Father, especially for our indigenous brothers and sisters in this nation. I thank you for them. Lord God, this morning we declare our love for them. Father, we reach out to them with a heart of compassion in the spirit this morning. And Father, we acknowledge that we need them because you have a plan for them also. Father, I thank you for our dear friends in ministry from the nations. Lord, I thank you, Father, that all around your throne this morning are gathered many tribes and nations. This is the kingdom of God. This is a place of true reconciliation. And we know that reconciliation is just the beginning.
this morning, if you have never received Christ, if you really are not sure whether you are belong to God, whether you really are a new creation, whether you really are born again, whether you really are saved, I want to invite you just to follow me in this simple prayer. So many people in our church at some stage have prayed a prayer like this from the bottom of their heart and that they have found that the most life-changing event. And this is what when you pray like this, it's like God is reconciling you to himself. If I could just take a moment to say this, there was a time in my life and my wife's life where God just seemed to reach out to us in such a soft and gentle way. And it was like he was wooing us with his Holy Spirit. This was the beginning of the process of reconciliation. Do you want to pray after me? you'd really desire Jesus to come into your life, just pray. Please repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life and to be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sins and will worship you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning I really want to thank you once again for joining us. And if you prayed that prayer, I would really invite you to uh, make contact with us through our website because we would like to uh, send you some information to help you get started on your journey into faith in Jesus Christ. If you're from another city or another region, please feel free to contact us because we're able to help you and make a connection with you there. So once again, thank you, and I just pray for a very blessed week and a great future for you and your family. God bless.